It's Friday, December 10th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Since the start of the pandemic, the testing infrastructure in the U.S. has been marred by stumbles. Now, as President Biden is putting more emphasis on rapid tests to help fight COVID, these tests are often out of stock and still too expensive for many. Even as the new rules say insurers would pay for these tests, it could be difficult to get the reimbursements. Lena Sun, health reporter at The Washington Post, joins us for more on rapid COVID tests. Next, the tiny town of West Hollywood is going all in on cannabis and wants to rebrand as the Emerald Village. The city is planning on approving as many as 40 cannabis permits for dispensaries and high-end lounges. The effort also has star power investors with people like Jay-Z, Patricia Arquette, and Woody Harrelson. Hugo Martin, business reporter at the LA Times, joins us for how West Hollywood wants to be a global destination for pot tourism. Finally, President Biden and Democrats have been having serious messaging problems. The administration has delivered on a very fast economic recovery getting out of the pandemic with good job numbers and rising wages. The big problem holding them back is inflation, with many people worried about the rising costs of food and everyday goods. Max Burns, contributor to The Hill, joins us for why voters are still pessimistic about the economy. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. I'll use the Defense Production Act to increase production of rapid tests, including those that you can use at home. While that production is ramping up, my administration has worked with top retailers like Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger. Joining us now is Lena Sun, health reporter in the National Desk for The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us, Lena. Thank you for having me. I wanted to talk about these rapid coronavirus tests. They're still hard to find in many places. The cost of them could be an issue for a lot of people. But we saw recently President Biden announce that he wanted to make this a bigger part of his plan to fight coronavirus, obviously with the rise of the Omicron variant. We want to uh, test as many people as we can. And it's it's been one of those things that kind of fell by the wayside when there was so much emphasis put on vaccines the testing infrastructure lagged a little bit, and we're just really far behind in that sense of things. So, Lena, what are we seeing with these uh, rapid tests? Well, I think what happened is that when the rapid tests first came out, they were a fairly novel idea. And, you know, in the spring, the huge emphasis by the administration was on vaccination. And vaccination, of course, is still the best way to fight the coronavirus, right? You know, if you're vaccinated, you're much less likely to get infected, get sick, and die. Right. It's much better prevention. Testing has been like the original sin in this pandemic for the United States since the very beginning. Starting last year, they didn't get the test right. They didn't realize people could spread this without symptoms. And then I think when with the push for the vaccination, there was less of an emphasis on the tests and there was a fall off in demand. And so there was not as much manufacturing going on. And by the time Delta hit and we needed to have more tests, the manufacturing industry had to ramp back up and that took time. And in the meantime, you know, people really want these. They're, they realize they're easier to use. In New Hampshire, at, right after Thanksgiving, residents were able to apply to get free tests delivered to their door. And 800,000 of 1 million tests were gone in less than 24 hours. Of course, they were free and they were you know, delivered right to your door. And I think what you see here is a difference in policy between the United States and some other countries. Jeff Zients, the White House coronavirus sort of coordinator, has been asked again and again, 
Why doesn't the United States do what other countries do? In, in the UK, you know, these rapid tests are free and available. And White House has said that this is something they want to do. It's more efficient and to give people an opportunity to get them. Um, but, you know, also costs a lot more money, yeah. right, to buy tests to people to send them to everybody <laughs> in the country. That's on the consumer level. Then on the state level, different states have said that they've ordered these over-the-counter tests. And it's important for states to be able to use them because, let's say, you're a school system and you want to make sure that kids don't have to stay home for quarantine, if you can do test to stay, which is to test them serially, make sure nobody's positive, then kids can stay in class and it doesn't have such of an impact. But of course, you need a lot of tests. And, you know, to your point about kind of, you know, some of the guidance and some of the missteps, you know, when the vaccines came out, they said, hey, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to even test as often. And the ripple effects of that, you know, uh, Abbott laid off a bunch of workers because they saw demand dropping for these tests. So there's a lot that was at play. And as I mentioned, you know, President Biden made the announcement he wants to increase the testing. He wants private insurers to reimburse people when they buy these tests. But a lot of experts say that could be, even be a non-starter because it requires a person to pay it out of pocket first, then you got to submit receipts. And it's kind of a big hassle to deal with the insurance companies on that front. Right. They call that pay and chase, right? Everything we know about health, public health, tells us that the fewer barriers you put up for somebody, the greater the chance that the thing that you're trying to do will get accomplished. So if I had free tests on every corner, then yeah, maybe people would get tested more. But if I have to go to CVS, buy the tests, and then keep the receipt, then figure out how to submit to insurance, set aside the time to submit to insurance, call the insurance company if I don't get the stuff right or I don't get my reimbursement. That's just like four more things I have to do. And I think that, that that's going to make it harder. I mean, I think that's something they're trying. This trial program that they started in April called Yes to the COVID Test was distributed in a couple of places around the country, and they made more than about 5.5 million free rapid tests available. And in some places, they were snapped up very quickly. In other places, not as quickly, but I think that probably had to do with the novelty of a rapid test. And then the other point that I wanted to share, maybe people have noticed this, is up until very recently, when you bought one of these test kits, you read the instructions, it tells you, okay, put six drops in here and then open this up and then look for the pink line or whatever. It tells you exactly how to use it, but it doesn't really give you a lot of guidance of when is the best time to use it and what do you do if you get a positive result. And CDC recently updated guidance to give people more guidance to explain the circumstances under which these would be useful. Yeah, I mean, you kind of leave people to their own devices with that and you have a test and you know, to interpret it uh, oftentimes is, is difficult. The pandemic fight has always been a multi-pronged effort and testing, as you mentioned in the article, right, uh, for the two years, as long as we've been fighting it, has always been, you know, not given the attention that it needed. It was supposed to be the thing to get us out of the pandemic in the first place. Then it came the vaccines and all of this fell to the wayside. So I know there's a lot more money being put into this. I know there's a lot more attention on it now. So we'll see if it plays out and if the U.S. can get their testing standards up with all of this. Lena Sun, yeah. health reporter at the National Desk at the Washington Post. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I like to say we've simply replaced the wine with the weed. So 
if you like to consume in a communal space amongst like-minded people and not feel judged and have great food, that's the experience. It's very simple to us. Joining us now is Hugo Martin, business reporter at the LA Times. Thanks for joining us, Hugo. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I want to talk about an interesting story. The tiny city of West Hollywood in California wants to become the Amsterdam of the far west. They're actually trying to rebrand as the Emerald Village. They want to make it a global destination for pot tourism. Right now, they have about six cannabis dispensaries. As I mentioned, it's a tiny town. I think it's two square miles or so, something like that. So these six dispensaries service a lot of the area, I guess you could say. But they're making all sorts of moves to really make this a central part of the town there. So, Hugo, tell us a little bit more about it. If you've been in Southern California, you know West Hollywood is a very progressive town. Back in the Prohibition days, they had a lot of uh, these speakeasy restaurants where you could get booze. And then when the AIDS epidemic hit, they had a lot of medical marijuana dispensaries. They're very supportive of LGBTQ community, so it's a very progressive city. So they're one of the first cities when California voted to allow recreational marijuana, one of the first cities to start opening dispensaries. They have six now, which is doesn't seem like a lot, but for a city of 35,000, it's quite a bit. And they're planning to approve up to 40 permits in the next year or so. We're talking about lounges where you could uh, sit around and just, you know, smoke or take uh, gummies or or whatever, and uh, dispensaries and delivery businesses, up to 40. And they also got the support of several celebrities. I was able to report that Jay-Z, the rapper, his company recently bought one of the West Hollywood dispensaries. Patricia Arquette is an investor in one of them, and so is Woody Harrelson and uh, comedian Bill Maher. They're investors in another um, dispensary. So, yeah, the the plan on the part of the city and and some of the uh, cannabis business operators is to make the city sort of a a central hotspot for cannabis fans where you can go and it's going to be sort of more highbrow, high-end dispensaries where you could buy them. And there's even one that's also a, an art gallery and right. a dispensary. Yeah, and that's the, an important distinction. They want them to be on the higher end side. You know, they want people to come and spend money as this uh, pot tourism area. So they want people to come and just spend as much money as they can. And the mayor of West Hollywood for herself said, the community is in large support of all of this. And even when in 2018, they were uh, going to license out, I think it was eight Uh, licenses to operate retail dispensaries. They had more than 300 applications. So people want to be there, want to be doing business there. Tell me about what some of these would look like. You mentioned kind of lounges and whatnot. Uh, MedMen is one of the big players in West Hollywood. Artistry, that was the one that you were mentioning. It looks like an art gallery, but they want to add additions to their current setups and open air lounges. And so that way people can just kind of hang out and relax. Yeah, for example, I think there's one where it would be a dispensary on the first floor, and then on the second floor, it's like an open-air patio where you could just hang out, order food, and enjoy the cannabis that you purchased. There's several of them that are like that, and so they're very well-lit. They're well-patrolled. The ones that I visited all had a security guard out front making sure there was no people hanging around smoking their stuff on the sidewalk, 
So the city has imposed a lot of restrictions so that this doesn't become a sort of a seedy uh, operation. It's it's very uh, above board. But the ones that I, I've heard are, are, are being built with the support of these celebrities are going to be very high end with, you know, a lot of sort of luxurious distinctions. There's going to be, you know, uh, some nice food and some nice settings, uh, you know, chairs and, right. and couches yeah. and things like that. All in keeping with the, the vibe that West Hollywood itself has right now. And the timing seems right for all of this, right? We just, during the pandemic, cannabis was deemed essential. The workers, the dispensary staff were deemed essential workers throughout that. And they brought in a lot of money. For West Hollywood itself, they brought in 2.2 million dollars in taxes and they hope that after they license all these other ones they can get up to six million dollars so the money is right there's still some issues with federal law however but this is where they're trending to yeah i mean who, who could have seen that coming uh, during the pandemic apparently we all just sort of started doing a lot of uh, cannabis here in california the state like more than doubled the number of cannabis businesses since the start of the, the pandemic. So, yeah, it's a trend that's that's really growing and it's generating a lot of it's it's really taxed heavily here in California. And West Hollywood is also taxing it. So, you know, the cannabis is not cheap. Uh, and, and most of it is because of its, its taxes that are going to the state and the city. But yeah, that doesn't seem to slow Californians down because, uh, you know, we've been buying cannabis at nearly double the rate in the past couple of years. And so West Hollywood is jumping on that trend. Hugo Martin, business reporter at the LA Times. Thank you very much for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. And Republican media have very successfully convinced Democrats that talking about the economy is a dangerous issue. And it's convinced a lot of Americans that the economy is worse now than it was a year ago, which is simply untrue. Joining us now is Max Burns, contributor to The Hill and political columnist at The Daily Beast. Thanks for joining us, Max. Thanks for having me. I wanted to talk about an interesting uh, article you wrote about how President Biden is delivering one of the fastest economic recoveries in history, but nobody's really noticed yet that, you know, the Democrats have been having a messaging problem on a whole host of issues very recently. And, and this seems to kind of be an extension of that. There's a lot of good stuff going on in the economy. It's just being drowned out by Republicans. Uh, Democrats aren't doing a good enough job of, of selling it. And then obviously the, the big elephant in the room is inflation. And I mean, inflation is becoming even more of a problem and could be hindering some of the gains that President Biden has been making. So tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, it really is a problem. I think Democrats are fortunate to have here. The economy added 210,000 jobs last month. We're nearing full employment. Wages are rising. Unemployment is almost at record lows. But Democrats aren't really able to get that message out to regular Americans. And that's in part because Republicans and Republican media have very successfully convinced Democrats that talking about the economy is a dangerous issue. And it's convinced a lot of Americans that the economy is worse now than it was a year ago, which is simply untrue. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that, because you made mention in the article that this isn't a paper recovery. All the numbers are trending in the right way. The labor force participation rate is trending in the right way. And these jobs are being filled up by people. It's not just people dropping out of looking for a job. 
Yeah, and that's a huge element of this is unemployment was around 7% this time last year. It's at 4.2% now. That is a massive change by any measure. But there are different ways you can get that. And one of those situations is people lose hope and just stop looking for work and then aren't counted as unemployed. This is the opposite situation. We're actually hitting pre-pandemic levels of labor force participation. And that's one of the reasons that inflation is picking up a bit, is all of that slack that was in the economy over the past year is now suddenly tightening as people find jobs or get better jobs. And that's something that Republicans want voters to think is permanent. But that inflation will go away as we sort of move from a superheated economy to a more sustainable growth level. And the jobs will stay. You know, one of the other things that have been going on, you know, we talk a lot about messaging, you know, the fight that's been going on with Democrats uh, between the progressive wing and the moderates and the selling of the President Biden's Build Back Better plan. That fight is also confusing to the American people, right? It, it, that derails the messaging when Joe Manchin is saying, hey, this is going to keep contributing to inflation. So it's just hard to talk about some of these economic wins when things like that are also happening. That's exactly right. I think Democrats are hurt on one hand by focusing on the numbers instead of the stories. They want to say how big a spending bill was instead of saying how it's going to help people and how individual people will benefit from it. And on the other side of that, there are moderates who believe all of this messaging from the right, who are telling Democrats that they need to make this less of an issue when they need to be doubling down. I mean, this is an issue where if you look at infrastructure, if you look at the economy and jobs in general, 60, 70 percent of Americans support what President Biden is doing. President Biden and Democrats should be at the railings of the campaign stops like Teddy Roosevelt, telling everyone they can find about what they've done with the economy. This is a winning issue. So then the, the solution to this is to keep hitting the campaign trail, keep refining that message, I guess. I mean, they, they all have to get on board at some point or President Biden would need to lead the way and then have some people back him up. I mean, is, is that the way they continue to get the message across? Yeah, exactly. And I think there's a tendency now, especially with social media, to get caught in sort of messaging without a time or place. And the truth is, as you mentioned, this inflation situation will go away and is, in fact, already going away. Bloomberg News just this week said Fed Chair Jerome Powell's inflation fighting policies are already starting to drive down inflation. And Dems are going to end up fighting the ghost of inflation past, essentially. We'll be talking about it when it's already gone come next year, when we should be talking about this economy that will outlast inflation and the jobs that will outlast inflation. That's an interesting one. I don't know if that's translated yet. I mean, that's to the point of what we're talking about, right? But I don't know if that's translated yet to people. There were some recent polls, uh, Monmouth University poll said that nearly three in 10 Americans say their top concern is paying for basic needs and cost of goods due to inflation right now. It hasn't hit people yet. They don't know it. They just see those high prices and they keep hearing about it. So, you know, we'll have to see. The the Democrats, as I mentioned, keep saying uh, messaging problems all around and uh, this is one that they also need to address. Max Burns, contributor to The Hill and political columnist at The Daily Beast. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. 
follow us on iHeartRadio, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. Daily Dive.